Hello, thanks for choosing the Looms in Me podcast. We are all about growth and realistic self-betterment, both in our personal and professional lives. I'm Looms, and if you're anything like me, then you're doing a pretty passable job of adulting and just hoping for the best. So I hope this series helps you as much as it's helping me. There's a new episode every Sunday, but if you want more, then head to looms.me. This week, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about how to deal with difficult people. I want to share how I approach that and I'll break it down into really, I say easy steps, they're not going to be that easy, but there they will be quite clear steps that you might want to consider taking on board if you are finding yourself in a situation where you're having to contend with somebody who, or multiple people who you find annoying. Now, around here, we recognize the power that we each have in creating our own individual experience of the world around us. It's hard work, but it's really worthy work. It's made even harder by the existence of people who seem to have been specifically sent just to ruin your day. For as long as humans have existed, someone has been irked by one or more of them. And that may not be a scientific fact, per se, but it's definitely a hunch. And I'm sure many of you would probably agree with that hunch. These types of people can be found everywhere, from work to home, to the many streets and the many rooms in between. And the best part is, these people seem to have been custom-made to irk us in the very specific ways that we find irksome. We could tell them to stop being annoying, but when was the last time someone telling you to be less annoying actually changed the way you showed up in any sort of positive way? Right? Exactly. So we can't change other people's behavior to suit our specific needs. So what can we do? Well, step one, and it'll come as no surprise to anyone. But step one on the path to tackling this starts with introspection. It starts with listening to yourself and getting curious. If this isn't your first time listening to the podcast, then you will be very familiar with this idea, with this notion. Other people don't cause our feelings, our thoughts do. What's annoying to one person won't be annoying to someone else. Now, if you've ever been caught in the middle of two friends fighting, then you'll understand how annoying traits are totally subjective and fully at the mercy of our own individual worldview. So what are the thoughts that we're having about this person who we find annoying and where are they coming from? And what thoughts are they triggering in us exactly and why? My suggestion would be to make a list of all the very many different ways in which you feel this person annoys you. And once you have that list, you can move on to step two. We need to go through the list and work out from all of the different elements and points that you've written down, which ones are we making up 
and which ones are known facts. Which one's subjective, a.k.a. a thought, and which one is an actual fact based in something that can be proven objectively. Now, this ends up being quite difficult because oftentimes we take our thoughts about other people as facts. and We treat them as if they're facts, as opposed to treating them as the thoughts that they actually are. So, for example, if you have the thought, he talks too much, or she's really bossy, both of these might very well feel true. They might feel like they are objective facts, but they're not. They're both subjective. And they're absolutely not facts. So knowing the difference between those two is what's going to help you move on to step three. Now, by the time you get to step three, you've got a full list of all of the different thoughts that you're having about this particular person. And you probably want to make a different list per person as opposed to trying to make a more general list. The more specific you can get with trying to pinpoint the patterns and the messages that your mind's trying to put forth, the easier you'll find working through this particular process. And that'll be where step three comes in. Okay, so once you've separated the fact from the fiction, you can start to figure out what's actually happening. Because once, if you don't know, or if you can't seem to tell the difference between what's actually happening and what you're imagining is happening, then you're not going to know how to show up for the actual reality that's in front of you. We can't control how other people behave around us or how they feel about us. If we could, then you would believe every single compliment you've ever received, regardless of who it's come from. There are times when you won't be feeling that great and you'll get a compliment and you, you won't believe it. Or you'll have given some sort of performance, let's say a presentation at work or something, and that you didn't think that you did a good job at. And it could take, the entire company could tell you that you did a good job, but because you don't believe it, you're not going to ingest any of those compliments. You're going to continue to believe what you already believe and show up however you were planning to show up. So if other people can't change the way that you behave or the way that you feel about them, it stands to reason that you also and by you, I mean me, none of us, we can't actually control how other people show up or how they behave or how they feel. So with this in mind, it becomes even more important to start to develop our own boundaries. Now, boundaries are a set of rules and criteria that you create for yourself that dictate what you are and aren't willing to tolerate for yourself. In my mind, I always visualize a boundary as some sort of offense, but not like a crazy, huge structure, but more like, you know, like a, 
like a chess level fence, a reasonable fence made of wood. Not that that matters, but it helps me to get visual with it. But this fence is basically delineates the limits of what I am and I'm not willing to tolerate. My friend Jeeves and I did a podcast episode about this and I'll link to it in the show notes where we dig a little bit deeper into exactly how to set boundaries. But essentially, because boundaries are created not to control other people or control the way that they behave or control the way that they think or feel, because we've already established that we have no control over that. What we do have control over is over ourselves and how we do or don't choose to show up and if and when we do choose to show up at all. And that's what boundaries are. They're like the terms and conditions of the way that we move through the world. Boundaries only really work, though, if you're willing to enforce them. And they have to have been set up originally with the right intentions. So when we, we're setting, if we're setting a boundary in order to change something about someone else who we find annoying and we want them to behave differently, then that's a misuse of a boundary and it's actually not going to work. If you think about all the times in the past when perhaps you may have thought about setting a boundary because you wanted a different outcome from somebody else and then wondered why it didn't work, that's why it didn't work. And when I say that, I think about my 20s and all the times in the in those during that time period that I misguidedly thought that I could potentially alter the way in which other people around me behaved. And then you find out that that's not actually possible. It's also not something that's feasible. So yeah, it's not enough to just set a boundary. You do have to be willing to enforce it. So it's really important that when setting boundaries, we are able to make them as achievable while still serving us. So an example of a good boundary would be if I have somebody on my team at work and I find them to be very grating or very annoying. That's not a real person, by the way. Everyone on my team is lovely. But if I do have somebody who is in my proximity that I find to be really annoying for reasons that I've determined because I've gone through steps one, two, and going through step three now, then in that scenario, my boundary could be when I experience this person behaving in such and such way, I will remove myself from the situation that could be a good boundary to have. And I find that every time, even the times when it feels like it might not necessarily be possible to set a boundary, and for some reason my mind immediately goes to having to be sat next to somebody on a plane and finding out 
out at the start of a long haul flight that they are indeed a talker, a good boundary in that situation, even though it might feel really awkward to do because, I don't know, it just makes me cringe when I think about that. I do know why. <laughs> it's just awkward. But even even in those situations where it feels like it probably isn't possible to take control of that situation. For me, my boundary is if my headphones if my headphones are on, then the conversation's over. And you know, you can still be respectful but firm with the people that you are communicating your boundary to. And of course, boundaries don't necessarily need to be communicated to other people in order for them to be enforceable. It could just be something that you have for yourself. So if someone's annoying you, telling them about your boundary could serve you, could not. That's your call to make. But it doesn't have to be communicated externally in order for it to be valid. It can just be something that you hold on to for yourself. And that sums up step three setting the boundary and enforcing it. Step three and step four, but really step three. So what do you do when you're faced with somebody who's really annoying or really difficult in some way or somebody that you find to be incompatible with your current goals for peace and sanity? Step one is to get introspective and to get curious with yourself to figure out exactly what's being triggered, and why. And then, of course, make a list of all the different things that you're thinking about, things that come up for you when you take the time to really try to examine why you feel the way that you do. Because remember, our, our thoughts cause our feelings, not other people, not circumstances. So what are all the thoughts that you're having about this person that you find annoying? That's step one. And then step two, once you have the, that list, go through that list and for each of the thoughts and statements that you've put down, separate fact from fiction. What's actually true and what's, an, what's a thought? What's a fact versus what's an interpretation that you're having of the facts? And then step three is, once you've separated fact from fiction from this lovely list of thoughts, is to start to think about how you can start showing up based on the actual reality. So you've extracted what's real and what's not from that list. How do you show up in what's real? And is there some additional work that potentially needs to be done there to understand why you're processing the facts in the way that you actually are. All of this is basically another way of saying the more you understand yourself, the more control you get to have over what you allow to get to you. Not everyone has the luxury of never having to work with or be in a friendship group with or sit next to or share a flat rental with only their favorite hand-selected people. Although I suspect even Beyonce 
gets irritated on occasion. But we always have an element of control, even when it doesn't feel like it. Like I always say, it's a journey and it does get easier over time, but it's always, it always takes some effort and some work to show up in ways that you feel good about. And intention, it takes some intention as well. So I hope this has been helpful to you and As always, if you would like a little bit of extra help getting to grips with some of the concepts we've discussed today, then get in touch. Details in the show notes. And excuse the mad rain that's just started in the background. I can't do anything about it. I'm not in a studio space. But hopefully it's not too distracting and we are going to pretend like it's not happening because as we know it's our thoughts that cause the feelings and my thought is I'm grateful and really happy that I am able to make these episodes from home so that I don't have to commute in the rain from a studio somewhere all right that's enough of that enjoyed this share this far and wide share it with everyone that you know whether you like them or whether you don't whether they're easy to get along with or whether they're not and when you're ready to feel better than what you currently do then sign up for coaching at looms.me i'll see you next week thank you so much